morning. just wanted to let everybody know that these first four, three rows on this side are reserved for special guests. So if, uh, if you want to consider yourself a special guest, feel free to move up and, and move over. Um, we can move toward the middle. Now, welcome on this first Sunday of 2023. Let me um, wish you a happy new year and, um, and a year of abundance in the Lord where we will Look to the Lord and expect Him to do great things um, in us and among us. Amen? And I thought this was funny, so I wanted to share it with you. Richard Ross, who has taught at Southwestern Seminary for years, has been posting a, a series of things on Facebook about how you would know if you were a boomer. And um, he said, you'll know you're a boomer if there was a brown sign hanging in the auditorium near the piano that showed the Sunday school attendance and... The two men who counted attendance hadn't been in Bible study since they were in the nursery. So if, so if those two things are true for you, you might be a boomer. Um, 
I was, I was also wondering, I looked around and, you know, everybody kind of was late arriving. I thought this may be the lowest attendance on the prettiest day um, in, in the history of, of the church, but we are thankful that you rallied and you came, and hopefully you can stay awake um, for the service as we worship together. I know that won't be a problem as we move into the preaching. Um, we may have to turn the air conditioner on and get y'all to move around to keep you awake. But hopefully um, you're here, you're excited, because this is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it, and we can be thankful because he lives. If you're visiting this morning, and I'm, I'm glad you're here, if you're regular folks, it's good to see you, and just a quick reminder, if you need to communicate with us, ask questions, answer questions, update information, just fill out a connect card, looks just like this, put it in the offering plate. Also, if there are things we can be praying with you with, we can join with you in prayer, just list those on the card and let us know if it's okay to send those out over email, because we would love to do that and get as many people praying as possible. Um, you can read the calendar for yourself, but let me highlight a few things. Next week, we will be back to normal, um, which means Wednesday Bible study at 11 on the 4th, prayer meeting at 6.30. Um, that'll be our first meeting of the year, so be prepared to meet and bring a salad to enjoy as we, uh, we kick off the year at 11, singing, um, praying, and studying God's Word together, and then enjoying fellowship and a meal. And then also next Sunday morning, I know it's been a source of a little bit of confusion. We'll be back on a regular schedule, Sunday school at 9.30, worship at 10.45 as we continue on in 2023. And then coming up in just a few weeks on the 15th, don't um, miss this. Put it on your calendars. We'll have our first quarterly meeting of 2023, looking back at the last part of 2022 and looking forward to the next um, year. And then also, before we read from 1 John chapter 1, um, I want to be the first, I want to be the first one publicly to um, to welcome Jeff Jones to his official first day um, at work here at Cross Timber as our youth minister. So Jeff, welcome. Um, Jeff is excited and he may be embarrassed. I'm just trying to read his face. <laughs> He's probably neither, but Jeff, we are excited. Um, we expect the Lord to do great things and um, it's just going to be a continuation of what you've already um, shown faithful in and worth ministering to our students and their, their families. Want us to read together First John chapter one. We'll look at the first ten verses, and then our our deacons will come and we'll receive our offering this morning. You may find as we read this some similarities to John's gospel in the beginning, and you may also find in it the continuation of the theme of light that we looked at all during the month of December. So First John chapter one, starting in verse one. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus' his Son cleanses us from all sin. 
If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Gentlemen, will you come? Father, we give you thanks for just being who you are, the great almighty God, Father, in all your ways, and perfect in all your ways. We thank you, Lord, that today, as we start this new year, we have still have the freedom to come and worship you and, and honor you in all we say and do this day. Lord, we pray that we would do a better job of that all through this coming year, this year here today. We pray that you would bless his services today. Bless Rusty as he preaches the word and give unction to it. And, and Lord, we pray that all hearts would be open to anything you want to say to us. That your will be done. And Lord, we thank you for being able to participate in the tithe and offering to spread your word from here throughout all the world. We thank you and ask you to bless it and use it, multiply it, and use it for your name's sake. In Jesus' name, amen.
Would you stand and sing with us this morning? Yeah. 
seated. at your bulletin and you've already found your place in 1 John, you need to back up a few pages, find Ephesians chapter 5. We read from 1 John earlier and we'll be looking at the 5th chapter of Ephesians starting in verse 7 in just a moment. We turn to God's word together. Snooze. When I press snooze on the alarm in the morning, it's this nine-minute reprieve from the day ahead. Add one more snooze and nine more minutes, and pretty soon 6.30 becomes 6.48. Most days, that's my normal pattern. Every now and then, I keep pressing snooze, and before long, it's 7.15, and if you do the math, that's nine consecutive snoozes. On the rare occasion, I ignore the alarm completely and just keep on sleeping. I choose to not listen to the tool that is supposed to wake me up and help me get my day started. Now we spent the month of December looking at Jesus, how he was the the light of the world and how by having faith in the person called Jesus, the one who is the Christ, you and I become children of light. And I was wondering about this question as we start 2023. Why is it that so many times children of the light drift off into comfort and complacency? Much like a warm day and the sun shining in your window, you find yourself napping in the, the warmth of God's mercy and grace. The things that are going on around you just don't seem quite so important, and you ignore things that need to be addressed. You're just content to let the world go by as long as it doesn't interfere with your own plans. And instead of being awake and alert, I think many people in our churches find themselves asleep. And what I want us to think about in these minutes this morning, this first meeting together of the new year, is that Jesus is calling his church to wake up from its sleep and live as children of light. Jesus is calling its church to wake up and to live the calling that he has called each of us to and to live as children of light. We find ourselves in the fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians after Paul has spent many chapters just establishing the the wonderful gift of, of faith. He turns to very practical application, how we should imitate God as His beloved children. He tells us to walk in holiness, to walk in love, and then as we get to verse where we'll begin reading, he begins to encourage us to walk as children of the light. And so we're going to begin reading there in verse 7. We'll read down through verse number 14 before we take time 
to pray together. All right, so this, therefore, do not become partners with them, talking about those that are the sons of disobedience from the previous verse. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by secret, anything exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. Lord, we turn to your word this morning, and we are thankful for the gift that it is. We're thankful for the Holy Spirit that you've sent as a guide and a teacher. And we look forward this morning that by the power of your Spirit and the truth of your word, that we would sit underneath your teaching as you speak truth. Help the words that come from my mouth to be your words and help us to hear the words that you would have us to hear. You would work in us and through us by your spirit and through your word for your glory. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's a question to start out for you. What do you want 2023 to be like? Hopes, dreams, goals, expectations, Things that didn't get done in 2022 that are still on the list for this coming year. But even more specifically, think about this. What do you want to see God do in your life, in the life of our church and in the community around us? Imagine how different things would be if we would simply wake up live as the children of light God has called us to. As we start this new year, I want to be more awake and more alive to what God has for me, more in tune to His voice as He speaks, His Spirit as He leads, and I can't wait to see what is going to happen. And I'm hopeful that you feel the same way, that there's a sense of expectation that if we are willing to press in and trust in God, that He is willing and will do great And as we look at this passage in Ephesians 5, I want us to see that there's a call from Jesus for his followers to walk in the light. There's a call for us to to wake up and to choose to wake up daily and to continually walk in the light. And so there's simply two points this morning. The first is to walk as children of light. It's there specifically pointed out in the in the text by Paul for us. And it's a reminder that we were created to live in relationship with God. And not just a casual relationship, but an intimate relationship, a relationship based on faith, a relationship based on His free gift of salvation and our trusting in Him by faith. And as we live that life, to live a life for Christ that is counter to the culture around us. And so we see this comparison as we've looked at for for many weeks between light and darkness and 
Paul is telling us, be light in a dark world. And he spends verses 8 through 13 explaining what it looks like. And basically there are four characteristics. And the first thing is he tells us that as children of the light, we should be different from darkness. There should be a marked difference between the life of a believer and the life of a non-believer. He reminds us those first several verses of our former state before we were saved. And he underlines it with the phrase, you were darkness. That apart from God, apart from Jesus, you were in the dark, lost and destined for eternal separation from God and death. But now they are in a relationship with God and they're children of light. He points out what caused the change. There's the phrase there, in the Lord. And the reason they're not in dark and they're walking in the light is because of Jesus. They have a relationship with Jesus. They are in Christ. Earlier in the book of Ephesians, it's pictured in Ephesians 2, where Paul tells us that all of us, apart from Jesus, were dead in our sin. But God intervened. His mercy, His love, His grace, because of God's goodness, offers us the free gift of salvation. And when we receive that, we are alive together with Christ. And being alive, we are children of light. And so the first thing he tells us very simply is that we should be different from the darkness. Think about that just for a second in your own life. Would you say that there's a marked difference or would you say you, you blend in? Are you different from the darkness around you? But then he goes on, he says we shouldn't just be different, but we should also display the fruit of the light. Probably makes your ears perk up and maybe your mind start working and think about the fruit of the Spirit that we learn about in Galatians chapter 5. But here he's talking about the light that comes from the person of Jesus, the light of the world being in you. That by virtue of that relationship, we have a new nature. And that new nature turns us toward new attitudes, new actions, a new way of living. When you turn a light on, it doesn't matter if it's a flashlight or a light bulb with the headlights on your car. Lights can't help but shine as long as there is a source of power or the bulb extinguishes. And Paul is telling us very clearly that the light of Jesus, if it's in you, will have visible evidence. If you're connected to Jesus, there's going to be evidence. And he uses three words there in the passage to describe that, he uses good, right, and true. Goodness. Now, I know a lot of y'all, when you think about good, you, you, you fight that because, you know, we, we never could be good on our own, could we? But because of the goodness of God in us, we have the ability to be benevolent toward others, to do good deeds, to be polite. And so evidence of the transformation, the light in us, is goodness displayed. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. But he also says right or righteousness. Now we know it's God's gift to us by faith that we have the righteousness of Christ that leads to salvation. But here he's talking about 
you know, right actions toward God and toward other people. You do the right thing because of God's presence in your, your life. And then he sums it up with truth. You're the kind of man that is honest with others. You're the woman that is sincere and upfront. You don't put on airs. You don't keep up appearances. You're simply who you are in the power of the Spirit. And so using those three, good, right, and truth, he paints a picture of what the gospel should look like and how it should be seen in our lives. Practically on a day-to-day basis, that means that we're out there sharing the truth when we have opportunity, giving an account for the hope that is in us, that we live out the truth that we say we believe and that the words that we say and the actions that we do agree with one another so that the light of Jesus shines in us. Since we're talking about light, you could think of it like an electrical circuit. That the circuit is connected in the right sequence. The wires are properly fitted. The, the circuit of our words and the circuit of our actions connect in a way that light is produced. And so there should be a display. There should be some sort of evidence. But he also mentions in verse 10 a third thing, that we should be dedicated to pleasing God. Most of us in our relationships, if we want to have a healthy relationship, we, we do our best to please the other person. We want to be people that are respected and honored, and so we show honor to others. And in verse 10, he tells us that we should set out to live our lives in a way to please God. Now, not to earn his favor, because He's chosen to give us His favor by His grace, but it's rather, it's, it's out of our love and our respect for Him. Because we have a relationship with Him, because we love Him and He loves us, then we should want to do things that are pleasing to Him. So when we think about that, you know, a question that we could ask ourselves is, you know, when you fill in the blank with whatever activity or thought, you know, does this please God? And in some ways, that can be a helpful filter to eliminate things from our lives. Now, sometimes we just run the stop sign that's there, and we choose to go ahead and do it anyway. We know it doesn't please God, but we want to please ourselves more. But by and large, hopefully, if we ask ourselves that question and answer correctly, it will guide us. Commentator William McDonald adds a couple of other questions that help in this idea of will it please God. The one is, will it cause others to stumble? Now, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes we run into those situations where we find something that, you know, we look at and say, okay, well, the Bible doesn't say we can't do it. The Bible doesn't say we shouldn't do it. So why not? The question then that we ask that is kind of the second level is, will that cause other people to stumble? Um, I'll I'll never forget, and um, we were... And, and Deborah just said it so eloquently. We were, we were just talking with somebody about the issue of alcohol. And it's the lifelong, you know, church thing. Should I drink? Should I not drink? And the question, the statement that turned the light bulb on for the other person was, at this time I was the children's minister and people affectionately called me Uncle Rusty. And they said, what if you walked into Chili's and you saw Uncle Rusty sitting at the bar drinking a margarita? And they're like, 
you know, and they're just like, you know, it just, it sunk their, you know, their, their ship, you know, of, of thinking that it was okay, and it really, it got attention to the fact. You know, sometimes there's things that maybe the Bible doesn't say we shouldn't do, but it might cause someone else to stumble. Another question, would I be ashamed if Jesus were to return? You know, if you're in the middle of doing something and you're, you're thinking, should I or shouldn't I, you know, what would Jesus think if he were to, to return? Would I be ashamed or would I be okay with that? Paul speaks to this specifically. He says in Colossians 3:17, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So there's our boundaries, the guidelines. If you can do it in the name of the Lord Jesus and give thanks to him, then do it all you want, whenever you want, however you want, to the glory of God. But if it doesn't fit in those boundaries, if you start, you know, coloring outside of the lines, then we need to check ourselves. That's why he tells us that we should try to discern what is pleasing to God. We should learn what is pleasing to God. Over time, in a relationship with someone, you learn the likes and the dislikes and you think and you put in yourself a minute like, well i'll never do that again because they don't like that you know we, we learn by experience the same way it's the same way in our faith we we learn by the truth of god's word and by experience we know when we displease the lord we know that when we consult him and ask him he's going to give us an answer and so we should carefully consider our, our actions and maybe even pray the prayer of David in Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So consider your, your ways and your actions. And then fourthly, verses 11 through 13, that we should you know, continue to display light, but we should also expose darkness. You could summarize verse 11 this way. <laughs> Paul's telling the believers then and us today, don't participate, illuminate. So don't participate in darkness, but illuminate. Bring light to darkness. You are children of light. You're followers of Jesus. Then live like that. Remembering always that you were darkness. You were that way, but now you are a new person. You've been transformed. We don't have any business participating in those works of darkness because we're new. We have a new way of living. And when we're tempted, we can stand in the power of Christ against that temptation, knowing that he will provide us the strength we need in the way of escape. And why does he say, stay away from that? Not only does it give you a bad reputation, not only is it sin, but they have no benefit. The works of darkness are not beneficial. They, they look good, but they do no good. They offer satisfaction and joy, but they actually rob you of both of those. Sin may be pleasing for a time, but it never lasts. It leaves you empty, wanting more, and the end of continuing in sin is ruin or death. But Jesus died to redeem us from darkness, to transfer us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light of his beloved son and he wants us to know don't go back don't dabble in darkness stay in the light 
but also do what you can to expose the works of darkness. Now, he's not talking about the investigative reporter, you know, four-week expose that you watch on the news where, you know, the, the reporter has dug up all the dirt on somebody and is going to show it over the next four nights, so please be sure and, and stay tuned. No, he's talking about the fact that if we are children of light and our light is shining, then the light that shines will make a difference in the world around us. The old hymn, Let Others See Jesus in You, tells us and reminds us that our life's the book before our eyes. They're reading it through and through. Say, does it point them to the skies? Do others see Jesus So the way that you live your life or the way that I live my life will either approve of the actions of others in darkness or they will reprove the actions of others in darkness. And so we have to be careful how we live. Does our life point to the fact that we condone the sin of others or does our life point to the fact that we love them for who they are but we're not willing to Admit, we love them as the person, but we're not willing to accept their sin, but we pray that God will bring them deliverance, that we're not going to live a life where we just say, it's okay, be who you are, be in the dark. And that our actions over time, our words, God will use those to draw people toward the light. Now that involves living a life that's above reproach and also speaking the truth in love, which these days is getting more and more challenging. But we have to be committed to doing it. How you do it in a particular context is between you and the Lord and if you do and ask for wisdom, but we can't step back from the truth and still present ourselves as loving the world around us. We have to continue to walk in the light of the truth and speak the truth when we have opportunity. If you think about Jesus, Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount, he tells us in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may do what? See your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So the quality of our life and the truth that we speak can have effect on the people around us, or it can help to expose darkness. But if we want to walk in the light, we have to be awake. I just spent the night last night at my in-laws, and, and the room that we get to sleep in is an exceptionally dark room. Um, it has curtains that block out sun. Um, it's just in a great place, and it is the recipe for sleeping late. I mean, it is just perfectly set up. The lack of light somehow tricks your body, and you can just keep on sleeping. And time can pass away quickly in those circumstances when you're comfortable and you're in the dark. You can remain in a sound sleep until a loud noise, or maybe the curtain gets pulled back, the light shines in, and then all of a sudden, you're awake. What's going on? What's happening? And that's just what some of us need. We need that loud noise to get our attention. We need the curtain pulled back. We need 
encouragement to get out of bed, to wake up from the sleep. And that's really the second point. If you look at verse 14, anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What does this, who does this verse address? You can read um, books and probably make an equal stack on each side. About some would say that Paul is speaking to believers, and others would say, no, he's speaking to non-believers. One is a wake-up call to Christians to, to get up and get after it. The other is a call for people to choose to walk in the light and to escape from death and receive salvation. You can see evidence of both in the passage, but I, I choose to favor the view if you read through the, the, the section there that his message is primarily based, directed toward Christians, you and me, that it's a wake-up call for us. It's likely an early Christian hymn based on Psalm, um, excuse me, on Isaiah chapter 60, calling us to wake up. And it addresses comfort and complacency and the casual faith that can lull us to sleep if we're not careful. In the 1800s, Charles Spurgeon wrote these words about this passage. The sleepiness in the Christian is exceedingly dangerous. Because he can do a great deal while he is asleep that will make him look as if he were quite awake. He can speak. He can hear. He can even walk, sing, and think. And all the while, he's asleep. Physical sleep. Oh man, the comfortable bed soft pillow, temperature just right, not too hot, not too cold, and you get so comfortable and so pleased, you just don't want to move. And your only concern is, hey, don't bother me. Let me sleep. Physical sleep, we need it. It's important. Spiritual sleep, on the other hand, is dangerous. Over time, we become comfortable with the way things are, not too uncomfortable for us, not too hot, not too cold. We become not so concerned about other people around us, and we lose awareness of what might be going on around us. And, and I think you, you see that in, in two ways in, in America, in, in the Christian church today. I think you see cultural Christianity, and I think you see comfortable Christianity. Cultural Christianity is fading away in many ways because it's no longer popular. It's not the, the thing to do to be in church or participate in worship, read the Bible, or, or walk in Christian circles. Now, there's still many that do that, but it's not the, the predominant idea that is put out there in culture. And if you, you look at the numbers, you can get discouraged because you wonder where are the people? Where are the people? But actually, I'm not so sure it's a bad thing. You may be scratching your head and thinking, okay, it's 11 and he's lost it. But I think, I think as our culture has transformed and we're now, what, 
most people would say, more of a post-Christian culture, that what's happening is the true nature of faith is being exposed. That the, the true Christian is standing out and the cultural Christian is fading into the shadows and maybe even back toward the darkness. While the, those that are Christian in name only fade from view, those that, that shine brightly for Christ rise to the top. And so I think in that there's a, a, a sifting, a testing of true faith and, and, and a wake-up call in itself. Am I just a, a casual cultural Christian or am I you know, on mission for the Lord. I'm on fire. But I think something that is worth addressing and is still evident is cultural or comfortable Christianity. The kind of Christianity where we're in as long as it makes us feel good. As long as the, the message is hopeful and encouraging the music sounds good and we get to see our friends and enjoy the experience where many choose to hold to the idea that if I could just come and sit but don't please ask me to do anything. Don't ask me to serve. Where the clock and the thermostat are instruments of importance. Don't keep me too long, just long enough, don't get me too hot or too cold. Or some would say, I can get excited about the resurrection, and oh, and I can't wait to get to heaven, but right now I'm just counting the days for Jesus to come back. Oh, and they might also say, don't talk too much about suffering. No, no, let's don't ask for sacrifice and the idea of taking up a cross. Keep things upbeat and happy where we're on the gospel train, we've got our ticket to heaven, and many would just seat, sit back in their comfortable chair and say, wake me up when Jesus returns. But the call for centuries, the call for 2023, the call for today is to wake up. There's an alarm going off. There's a clock that is ticking that will one day come to an end, and Jesus will return. And the Lord is saying, don't hit the snooze button. It's time to get up. Because Jesus is calling His church to wake up and from sleep and live as children of the light. Wake up. It's the first Sunday of 52 Sundays in 2023. It's the first day of 365 days in the year. And God is sounding an alarm. What will you do? How will you respond? Are you going to hit snooze and keep napping? Are you going to ignore what's going on around you? Are you going to be content to let the world go by? Or will you wake up and walk in the light? What would that look like? It's choosing to spend time with Jesus, to follow after Jesus, to live your life for Jesus, or to pick up the metaphor here, to live as children of the light. I want to just remind you of a resource that we have, and maybe it's a great way to, to kickstart your faith in 2023. 
these little bookmarks. We gave them out last year. There are two coffee cups right outside the door that are filled with them, and I would encourage you to grab one. And it just gives you five simple questions to ask yourself each day. Am I rooted in God's Word daily? Am I opening my Bible and reading it, spending time with Jesus? Am I sowing good seed weekly? Am I doing my part to fulfill the Great Commission? Am I bearing the fruit of the Spirit consistently? Am I connected enough to Jesus that there's fruit that other people can see? Am I shade and shelter for my neighbor as need? Am I doing the good that I can with what I have for the people that are around me? And then am I pruning selfish desires faithfully? Am I willing to press in, spend time with God, say, God, examine me, look at my heart, and the junk that's there, the dark that's there, let's get it out and let's get in the light. Many of you, if you were maybe a boomer or a little younger, might recognize the name Keith Green. He was a musician, he was a talented songwriter, and I would say in many ways was a prophet that spoke truth in that generation and still to our today. He wrote a song, I encourage you to listen to it in full, um, it's called Asleep in the Light. But one of the verses just simply says this as we close, Oh, can't you see it's such sin the world is sleeping in the dark that the church just can't fight because it's asleep in the light. How can you be so dead when you've been so well fed? Jesus rose from the grave and you can't even get out of bed. Oh, Jesus rose from the dead. Come on, get out of your bed. It's a new year. It's time for a fresh start. Let's make glory of God and for his kingdom. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, we come before you and we're thankful that you speak. Thankful that your word is true. It stood the test of time. That it not only encourages us, but it corrects us and it challenges us. It exhorts us to live the kind of lives that, that you call us to live, that lives that make a difference. And this morning, we want to say to you corporately, just as a church body, while not all other leaders gathered, that we want to be different and to make a difference in 2023. And Lord, we are asking for you to wake up us. That we would be excited about your word. We'd be excited about spending time with you in prayer. We'd be excited about telling other people about you. We would be excited about things that are of the kingdom. That we would have opportunity after opportunity to give reason for the hope is in, is in us. Lord, you would help us to, to wake up, to step out of the darkness, to step into the light and live as children of the light starting now and to this day forward. And we trust you. Because you're good and you're willing. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I have opportunity to, to respond this morning.
to go on the record with the Lord. God, I need you to wake me up. I know you're willing to wake me up. I want to, to wake up. I want to walk in the light. And whatever that next step is for me in 2023, I want to take it with you, a step of faith, knowing that you promised to be with me. And that we would begin to be the church and the people that he's called us to be, rooted in his word, sowing the good seed, bearing the fruit of his spirit, being shade and shelter, ministering to others, and fighting against sin each and every day, pruning those selfish desires. He's willing to do that. It's what he wants for us. He wants us to flourish, and he wants us to thrive. He wants us to grow our roots down deep into him, to connect our little light bulb of self to his life source and to shine light brightly for his glory. So we'll have a time, and while we're singing, you can commit that to the Lord and say, God, I want this start. I want to walk in the light in 2023 for you. Maybe there's a burden you need to just lay down before the Lord and the altar is open. Maybe there's someone you're praying for, you're, you're trusting you know, God to make a mighty move in their life to, to bring them back and to draw them back to or maybe it's you. Maybe you just need encouragement and strength. You can find a brother or sister next to you and say, hey, will you pray with me? I'll be at the front ready to pray with you also. Or maybe just today the, the switch came on. This made clear. You think, you know, I understand what you're saying about walking in the light and being a child of light, but I don't know that I ever made that decision. Maybe you just were one of those, well, I've always been in church, people. Or I just thought I always knew Jesus or but now it's become real and true for me, and I want to know more. I'd be more than thrilled to talk to you about that. I'll be down front waiting, but I do ask you to join me in standing. We're going to sing together, and as we sing, listen for God's voice and respond to his call.
Why don't y'all be seated for just a second? And Deborah, why don't you and you can only come, you have to come over this way because it won't reach that far. This is Florence. And Florence, why don't you share with them what you came up with here? I'm here to receive Jesus as your Christ and Savior. Isn't that wonderful? So if you're in our Sunday school class, y'all come up and stand up here with her. day of the year, and it's just exciting. God's just doing stuff, and so Florence came and shared that she could be saved, and so Deborah is her Sunday school teacher, and so I invited Deborah, and Deborah invited these girls to come and stand with you. Don't you know, we're, it's, it's super exciting, it is, it is. and we are, we're so excited for you, we're so overjoyed, and um, I, I could, I'm stumbling over this, so I'm so excited, but you know, well, well the way we do, so Florence is here this morning just to say that she's choosing Jesus and wants to be baptized. And so as a church family, just ask what, um, how you would respond to that. If you're just in agreement and excitement, just say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so we're going to be talking with her and set up a time for, um, for baptism in the next few weeks. And we are super excited. And we just want you to know that as your church, we're here to walk alongside you. And you've got pretty good start alongside you right now on either side of sisters that are going to walk in faith with you and trust with you. So when we close in just a, a few minutes, um, I don't want to put you on the spot or embarrass you, but I know folks are wanting to come by and just say they're excited. So, um, but I'll let you sit down for now. So you can have a seat and, um, and just praise the Lord. And also just excitement. We have some, some visitors this morning that are, it's funny, they're not old folks, but they are old folks. If you think about um, the history of the church, um, Donnie and Selena door here, and Donnie had just asked and wanted to share a word of testimony with us, and so Donnie, if you want to come now, um, you can grab the microphone, and we're excited to hear what you have to share. Some of y'all, some of y'all know me, some of you don't, some of you probably wish you didn't, um, but no, I, I uh, came down and shared with Rusty um, about a year ago. Um, the Lord had done a work in my life, and um, you know, the I, I had no idea what Rusty was going to speak upon. Um, but if you want to see or hear of a, a living testimony of those words that Rusty shared, that was me. And uh, about a year ago, um, I had gotten sick, a uh, couple days flu or whatever it was. And uh, after that, I, I just felt very off in my spirit, um, as if whenever I looked around, I was lost. I didn't know where I was, um, and I didn't know why I was here. Um, there was one day that I went to uh, HEB with, with my wife, and uh, I couldn't go in. Um, I, I, I just started crying, and, um, and I went back to the truck. Um, Whenever I was walking back, um, I actually saw the McIntyres walking in. I didn't say nothing to them. I couldn't have. I didn't have any words to say, so I just kept walking back to the truck. And uh, Selena had went in, and um, for y'all that that don't know, uh, Jackie's uh, husband Chuck, a dear friend of mine, works at HEB, 
and so she met she she found Chuck in there and was telling him what I was experiencing and uh, he told Selena he said I'll, I know what's going on and she's like well I wish you would let us know you know we have no idea what's going on with Donnie he just seems very off and and uh, so he said well where is he and uh, she said well he's in the truck and Chuck said all right I'll go find him and so I'm look I'm in the truck and I see Chuck um, walking uh, down the parking lot and, I, and again I I couldn't say any, I couldn't speak for some reason I just couldn't yell out so the only thing I needed to do was to honk the horn so I was sitting there honking the horn and so he comes over and uh, he sits in the truck and he's like what's going on I said I have no idea I, I feel very lost I feel very empty I, I don't even know you know I know this is H-E-B but I don't know why I'm here and and uh, he says well I, I know what's going on and I'm like well brother I wish you would let me know because this I've never felt this before and uh, he said Donnie he said God is emptying you of yourself because he's about to fill you fresh with his spirit and at that moment not that I can liken myself to Saul but the moment the scales fell off his eyes Miss Brenda, at that moment, everything was clear. And I was like, that's exactly what he's doing. And the reason I come before you is just to, to encourage you, um, because this is, this is the foundation of my life, this is church, and the people in it. And, uh, you know, the reason I know that that was true is not because the feeling that I had at that moment, but for this last year, I, I can't tell you the encounters I've had with Christ and the things I have seen um, praying for a coworker as the doctor says that she has cancer and she, she goes in to get a second opinion and that doctor said, I need to go get a third opinion and both doctors came back and said, whatever was there is no longer there and I was praying for her just an hour before that and God completely healed her and I mean just many different things that have happened and uh, my business partner of 15 years became a believer this last year and is on fire for the Lord and people's lives have changed and, and I've just been gracious enough the Lord's been gracious enough for me to witness that and uh I just come before my home and the foundation of, of uh, you know, who we are and just give you all that word of testimony. Hopefully it encourages you that man, God is so strong and he is on his throne and, and he has never stopped working. And uh, so my prayer this, this last year, uh, two things, is that God would give me the eyes to see where he's at work and the ears to hear him speak. And uh, so I hope that that gives you encouragement and I thank y'all for allowing me to come and, and speak. Wow. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, I don't know. Y'all, I don't think any, if you got me a Christmas present, I forgot about it, but this, this here, this is like better than any kind of Christmas present because I can't tell you, I've, I've prayed week after week after week. God, just do something. Move in somebody's heart. You know, just show us, you know, some fruit. 
and, and God's done that today. We've been praying for months and months. God, raise up somebody to share a testimony, you know, that we would have evidence of what our great God is doing among us. And on the first Sunday of 2023, we get them both at one time. And um, I'm just overjoyed because God has poured out in abundance um, to show his glory and how good he is and how willing he is. He's faithful. He's good. I want y'all to stand. Um, we're going to sing. And then after we sing, I know um, y'all are going to want to come and let Florence know how excited you are. And she has a team that is going to stand beside her. And so she won't be standing alone. And so I uh, just want to thank you for worshiping this morning. It's okay to go over time when we see the evidence and the fruit of God working, isn't it? It's so wonderful. It's been great. We're going to sing. Um, when the music starts, um, you're free to go. And Lord willing, we'll see you next week. Praise the Lord. Amen.